Welcome to the RootDown.us podcast series. Today, RootDown presents this commercial-free version of the Natural Health Report with Dr. Bill Thornton as he discusses melanoma, diabetes, birth defects, and strokes, originally broadcast on KTYM Radio 1460 AM in Los Angeles. You know, there's a natural compound in vegetables that can fight skin cancer, particularly malignant melanoma. I'll tell you about that today. In our drug alert file, an antipsychotic drug that's giving people diabetes. We'll name it and tell you what you can do to help make changes at the FDA. Well, most of us know that folic acid helps prevent birth defects. Apparently now we should also add vitamin B12. I'll give you all the details. Here's a question. Can living in a neighborhood with lots of fast food restaurants lead to a higher risk of stroke? Well, the answer apparently is yes. We'll have a look. Let's take a look at that uh, drug alert first. This comes to us from Mike Adams, the health ranger at naturalnews.com. Mike's telling us about the Bloomberg report that drug maker AstraZeneca, which is the seller of a drug called Seroquel, it's an antipsychotic drug, apparently suppressed some information on the clinical studies showing that this drug significantly increased the risk of diabetes. Now, the reason they found this out is because they looked at some of the employees, their emails, actually. They took a look at the emails, which were opened up in court, and they found a significant link between Seroquel, the drug, and the onset of diabetes being discussed in these employee emails. And that was back as far as 1999. The Wall Street Journal is also reporting that AstraZeneca instructed its U.S. sales representatives to tell doctors that this powerful antipsychotic drug, Seroquel, didn't cause diabetes, even though a company physician had at one point stated years earlier that such a link was probable in many cases. AstraZeneca currently faces over 9,000 lawsuits over Seroquel, involving more than 15,000 people who say that the company lied about the diabetes risk. It's well known in the natural health world, for instance, that antidepressants and antipsychotic drugs often disrupt blood sugar mechanisms, and promote diabetes. So it's not really any kind of mystery. And there's no telling exactly how many patients have become diabetic or obese thanks to Big Pharma's dangerous drugs. The drug companies, of course, refuse to admit their drugs have caused even a single case of diabetes. And unfortunately, the FDA continues to defend the scientific fraud demonstrated here by AstraZeneca. Well, can you imagine this if we had a vitamin that caused diabetes, right? The FDA would be all over that. They'd go crazy over a story like that and probably try to ban the vitamin. Or what if, for instance, there was an herb, an herb that was discovered to cause diabetes, and the herb manufacturer knew about it but lied? Well, the FDA would ban that herb and probably ban its importation into the United States. So how is it that we have for instance, the Peanut Corporation of America. Remember these folks in the news we just talked about? The fact that they knew that their peanut butter was contaminated, but they sold it anyway. Well, you probably know the whole story by now. The entire country went nuts, if you'll pardon the pun, over the peanut story, accusing that company of endangering the safety of consumers, which it clearly did. Many tens of millions of products were recalled, and people lost their jobs. But get this. When the big pharmaceutical companies knowingly sell a dangerous product and get caught, 
Well, apparently nothing happens. Nobody loses their jobs. No products are recalled. And the FDA remains utterly silent. Nobody gets prosecuted. No investigations, just complete silence. Well, why is selling peanut butter that's dangerous, why is that a crime, but selling dangerous pharmaceuticals is openly tolerated by just about everybody in the government? There's something wrong with that picture. Well, if you'd like to do something about this criminal behavior, Mike Adams suggests you do something by signing his petition. He has a petition online called the Health Revolution Petition, and it's available at www.healthrevolutionpetition.org. Healthrevolutionpetition.org. Kind of demands real changes is what it does uh, that would end the corruption and criminal behavior in the pharmaceutical industry and the FDA. They've got about eight to 10,000 signatures already. This petition is gaining strength. We need your support to help reform our health care system and end the fraud and corruption that seems to be dominating the pharmaceutical industry today. So check it out, healthrevolutionpetition.org. Got this story about uh, compound in vegetables. This comes to us from Sherry Baker at naturalnews.com. According to the National Cancer Institute, about 67,700, that's 67,700 people in the United States, were diagnosed last year with melanoma. And that's the most serious form of skin cancer, and around 8,400 Americans actually died from this malignancy. Melanoma can become deadly if it spreads from the skin to the rest of the body because that makes it kind of difficult to even find and then treat. But now researchers have just published an article in the journal Clinical Cancer Research, and they have concluded that a compound derived from vegetables, especially when then combined with a mineral, selenium, may deliver a knockout punch to this potentially lethal kind of cancer. Now, we know there are virtually no drugs that can shut down the protein that triggers the development of melanoma. However, the researchers at Penn State College of Medicine have discovered a class of naturally occurring chemicals. They're called isothiocyanates. Don't worry about how to spell that or how to pronounce it. These are just chemicals found in the cruciferous vegetables. You may remember those are the broccolis and cabbage cauliflower, kale, and Brussels sprouts. These appear to target this particular protein that causes melanoma. And the Penn State researchers found they could even boost up the effectiveness of the isothiocyanates even more by using a supplement called selenium. Well, did you know that selenium deficiency is common among cancer patients, including those diagnosed with metastatic melanoma? This according to the Penn State researchers. Now, this natural compound that's found in the cruciferous vegetables, along with the selenium, resulted in a 60% reduction in the growth rate of cancerous tumors compared to the vegetable-only compounds. Now, the folks over in the uh, cancer research at Penn State, the Cancer Institute, said that in their press release statement, they said, we have harnessed something found in nature to target melanoma. And since we only need tiny amounts of this chemical to kill the cancer cells, it means even less toxic side effects for the patient. Cancer-fighting properties of the cruciferous vegetables have been documented before in many studies. We've talked about them here on the program. In addition, 
New research has been published in the journal Nutrition and Cancer from the University of Milan, reporting that eating broccoli appears to help protect smokers against lung cancer. So the benefits are endless. So here's the deal. Eat your vegetables like mom said, especially those ones you don't like, the cruciferous vegetables, and add in some selenium. Please check with our sponsors at the Natural Health Clinic for your selenium supplementation. Before becoming pregnant, women need to get enough vitamin B12, apparently in addition to the folic acid we've been talking about, to help cut their risk of having a baby with a serious birth defect. That would be birth defects of the brain and spinal cord, according to new research. A study has been done in Ireland, and it shows, according to this particular research, that women with the lowest B12 levels were five times more likely to have a baby with a neural tube defect than those with the highest levels, according to the research published in the journal called Pediatrics. Now, the neural tube, if you're not familiar with this term, if you look at your spine, if you were able to use x-ray vision here, your spine actually creates a tunnel through which passes the spinal cord. That tunnel is called the neural tube. Neural tube defects can lead to lifelong disability or death, the two most common of these particular defects is called spina bifida, in which the spinal cord itself and the backbones do not form properly, and one called anencephaly. Anencephaly is a fatal condition in which the brain and the skull bones do not normally develop. Dr. James Mills of the U.S. National Institutes of Health, he's one of the researchers in the study, said that Apparently, vitamin B12 deficiency was a risk factor for neural tube defects independent of folic acid, which is, of course, a B vitamin itself. In other words, even if you're taking folic acid, you need to take the additional one, vitamin B12, because the folic acid will not protect you against the B12 deficiency. Now, as we've said, many women know about the importance of taking folic acid, We've been telling you about that here in the program for a number of years, uh, right here at the Natural Health Report. And because of these uh, folks getting aware, folic acid, there has been a drop in the neural tube defects. Okay, that's good news. Dr. Mills said he hopes that the awareness of the similar role played by vitamin B12 can actually further reduce these neural tube defects. Now, vitamin B12 is essential to maintain healthy nerve cells and red blood cells it is found in the products of meat, dairy, eggs, fish, shellfish, and fortified breakfast cereals. Of course, it can be taken as an individual supplement or a multivitamin, which is, of course, how I recommend you take this. Now, an absolutely critical point, they should consider this before they get pregnant. That's the point, before they get pregnant, because by the time you realize that you are pregnant, it might be too late to supplement. That's because the possible birth defects we're talking about occur in the first four weeks of pregnancy. So Dr. Mills is urging women who do not eat meat or dairy products to be particularly aware of the need to get enough vitamin B12. Now here's my recommendation, ladies. If you are of childbearing age, which is how they put it, you're recommended to have at least 400 to 800 micrograms of folic acid every day. You can get that from a vitamin B complex. Now, as far as the B12 is concerned, you'll often find B12 in the complex, but it isn't very well absorbed from a complex where you take by mouth. It's recommended that B12 be taken sublingual, 
That means under the tongue. There's a special product called vitamin B12 sublingual under the tongue. In other words, it goes right into your bloodstream by passing into the the lymphatic system right under the tongue without having to be digested. Okay? So B12, folic acid, essential for preventing neural tube defects. Those are birth defects which can be fatal and disabling to the child. Now what about this idea of living near fast food restaurants more likely to increase your risk of stroke? That's apparently true, according to researchers uh, in one Texas county where there were the highest number of fast food restaurants, and they had about a 13% increased risk of experiencing a stroke than those folks living in a neighborhood with fewer fast food restaurants. This particular study was presented by the American Stroke Association at their International Stroke Conference, but it does not actually prove that living near a fast food restaurant, or a bunch of them, raises your risk of stroke, but it does suggest that these two factors are linked in some way. The data does show a true association, according to Dr. Lewis Morgenstern of the University of Michigan, who has a stroke program there at the university. He said it's not exactly clear whether being surrounded by fast food restaurants means you eat there more often, or it simply means you're in a a kind of an unhealthy neighborhood, whatever that means. Are these folks living in neighborhoods with lots of fast food restaurants eating more often at fast food restaurants? Or is it the lack of more healthy options? There's something going on here. I don't know exactly what it is, but there is that definite correlation. Researchers did find that the relative stroke risk rose 1% for each fast food restaurant in the neighborhood. Hmm. Well, Dr. Morgan Stern said that public health officials should start to consider neighborhoods with large numbers of fast food restaurants as prime areas for stroke prevention programs. Here in Los Angeles, we actually have a moratorium in some neighborhoods to prevent the building of more fast food restaurants. And as you know, stroke is the number three killer in the United States. It's behind cancer and heart disease. Cancer's number one now. It overtook heart disease, now number two, and number three, stroke. According to the CDC, it estimates about 780,000 Americans will have strokes this year, and those will kill 150,000 people. And uh, beyond that, leaving 15% to 30% of the survivors permanently disabled. So you might want to jump in the car and drive around the neighborhood and check out the fast food restaurants. But, of course, forewarned is forearmed. In other words, you know now what to do. Make a better choice. All right? Good for you. Thank you for listening to the RootDown.us podcast series. The Natural Health Report with Dr. Bill Thornton is heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on KTYM 1460 AM and KTYM.com. The preceding program is not intended to give medical advice. If you have a medical condition, please consult your medical practitioner and do not discontinue medication without the supervision of your physician.